Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Dumbledore. One Gandalf. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Hansel Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Little like it came to me and had to do it. Hey, you, you, when I was distracted, you changed this to a bunch of gay wizards. Well, you said, you, you, right before we started the music, you said fools. You said, you fool. And it made me think of Gandalf. <laughs> Fly, you fools. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, okay. What's another wizard? Oh, Dumbledore. There we go. Two old wizards. Two two, two gay wizards. That's okay. Well, I don't think Gandalf is canonically gay. Uh, he's played by a gay guy. That's enough. That's enough. I think, I, think, I think Gandalf is canonically asexual. Yeah. He's like a star being from the planet Tolkien. I don't know. I don't know where the Maiar come from. The wizards, they aren't really like humans. Tolkien's weird. Tolkien is weird. Kind of racist. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, he he's not, he, him himself is no overtly racist, but I mean, the fact that, I mean, the lower races in Middle Earth mm-hmm. are basically based on, you know, ethnic, other ethnicities, non-white ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Troubling. Hey, Ansemites, episode 123. That's 123. Hey! You can still enjoy Tolkien, even after 123. I mean, I... Uh, I a little, 123 episodes of, uh, you know, social justice against old nerdery. That is, yes, that's what we're here to do. That's clearly what we're here to do. No, uh, not, well, not Stupid old... social justice warriors. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to... That's okay. Uh, comics. Mm-hmm. Comic books. Ooh, they came out this week. Yeah, they did. They should. Sh- There's evidence. You're not, you're not gonna. Yes, and you can do your own experiments at home. <laughs> it's repeatable. It is. <laughs> Trying to eliminate as many variables as possible. There you go. Control that. Uh, we are going to be finishing our discussion on Punisher Max. Yep, putting y- the last nail in that coffin. Bullet in the chamber. Last bullet. That that's another another apt little metaphor there. Because mm-hmm. Punisher shoots people mm-hmm. with guns. He throws he throws coffins at them. Oh wait, no, he doesn't do that. Well, I don't know. In the history of the Punisher, I'm, he may have thrown a coffin in his day. And maybe so. I know in the Jason. I think it's the Jason Aaron book where he punches a polar bear in the face. So Jason Aaron thought that was the Garth Ennis, but that was the canonical Marvel Punisher, not the Marvel Punisher Max Garth. Ennis. Is that what it was? I thought it was. Welcome uh, back, Frank. It was, I thought. Okay, maybe maybe that is what it was, but it was uh, it was drawn by Steve Dillon, and I thought that that was the Jason Aaron run. He believe he drew Welcome Back, Frank, as well for Garth Ennis. Okay, well that would uh, that sounds that sounds also like a thing. Yep. I believe <laughs> this is all terribly relevant to the books we're about to talk about. <laughs> that poor polar bear. Um, we also read the comics that came out this week. Yeah. 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 Yes, we did. Yes. Uh, uh. 
little silly today. You are a ve- you are very silly today. But uh, you want to talk about comics? Let's do, let's talk about comics. Why don't we just talk about comics? Okay, it is time for weekly floppy. Weekly floppies is the part of the show when Eric and I will discuss this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, we got three Marvel number ones to start us off. All uh, new, re- I don't know, relaunches of a uh, previous series with uh, things we all liked. Do we still like them? Dun dun dun. The answer's yes. Yeah, probably. Uh, our first book is <laughs> The Mighty Thor, number one, written by Jason Aaron, art Russell Dodderman, colors Matthew Wilson, letters and production Joe Sabino. Um, this is uh, Jane Foster has been revealed as Thor. Uh, and this is now that that secret is out and has been out for quite a while now. And then they had Secret Wars. Um, you can they can kind of go deeper into her life outside of Thor. And you couldn't do that before, really, because then you kind of reveal the mystery. Uh, her going through her cancer treatment while doubling her, doing her, you know, secret identity as Thor and talking to, I don't know, there's, and stuff has happened in the meantime. There's, because of this, this there's like a time jump. Uh, what, Freya is imprisoned. Odin has vanished because he's gone crazy. Uh, the, the nine realms are, you know, there's, there's strife. Uh, this book's still really good. No, I'm very excited about it. This is I. I always enjoyed the previous books. This one, I get legitimately excited reading it. It just feels so much tighter, and it feels like it feels like the conflict is right. I think getting the whole Jane Foster thing out in the open. This is a much more compelling story than you know who is who is Thor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like we can finally get to the meat of it. This this feels like this feels like classic Jason Aaron, you know, God bomb and God butcher. This this feels like that level. And I'm really hoping I'm really excited for this arc. Yeah, there's a lot of potential here, a lot of uh questions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe a more nuanced mystery than who is Thor. Um I do have a question for you, Eric. Loki's facial hair. Is it supposed to look like a skeeve monster? Skeeve monster. L- the last page. That's spoilers, but Loki. He doesn't. He doesn't look. He doesn't look skeevy to me. Just face hair. Look, look at his facial hair. You, you, you cannot ever like. You can't criticize anyone for having stubble. I've never seen you clean shaven ever. Well, there's a reason for that. Why is that? I look like a little baby. That's all. That's fine. I look like a baby face. What's wrong with that? Mm, it's not a good look for me. If you say so. I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's weird. It looks so patchy, but I guess it's, he's still kind of a kid. I don't know. Has he he magic grown himself up a little bit? I think that is another one of the mysteries. I, uh, I'm excited he's in it because I like, I like this Loki. He's got personality. He does have personality. Like I just want to start reading a bunch of old stuff. the, the, couple of the Karen Gillan things that he's written. I just think he's a strong character. He is. And I'm I'm interesting to see I'm interested to see how uh, Jason Aaron is going to handle him. I imagine very well. He's, yeah. Uh, he's really someone that he can sink his teeth into. I mean, really there's very little about this that I don't think is just wonderful. No, it's all very interesting in many different many different regards. I really like how he sells the the whole idea that being Thor is basically making her die of cancer. 
And I think it's really clever that that basically being Thor is killing off the chemotherapy medicine. Like I, that's that's fascinating. I think that's such a, an interesting idea. Um, I don't know. This is a great, great, great book. Yeah, it looks nice too. We haven't really mentioned the art, but Russell Donnerman's art and the coloring and Matthew Wilson's colors. Like it really works really well together. It's very bright, very vibrant. Um, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it looks really, really nice. Um, did you notice the Hawkeye Initiative uh, Odinson on the cover? I did not. You didn't? Go well, look at the cover. The cover's gigantic. <laughs> I didn't look. It's huge. It's a very large You cover. didn't notice the giant man ass on it? Oh, no, That that's, yeah, mm-hmm. there it is. He's got the kettlebell bum. He does his work. I guess so. Odinson's got to do it. Mm-hmm. Very, very pretty. Very, very good. Uh, Bye, Mighty Thor, number one. Yeah, an excited one. Double by Mighty Thor, number one. <laughs> Our next book is Spider Woman, number one. Come on, you can do it. Oh, no, no. Oh, it, come on. Mm-hmm. There we go. Written by Dennis Hopeless, Javier Rodriguez, Pencils and Colors, Alvaro Lopez, Inks, Travis Lanham on Letters. Uh, this is Pregnant Spider Woman book. That it is. I, 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 there's never really been a pregnant, uh, a pregnant superhero book. There's been pregnant superheroes before, but nothing like this, I think. It's an interesting perspective. Well, you don't really see anymore. Or ever. I don't know anymore. Ever is the right word before. Uh, it, it starts out very much in the vein of the last Spider-Woman book. But at near the end, I don't know. It seems like it might do something different. It go a different place. I'm not sure if it's going to stay there. Uh, but I don't, I, I like it. It's still fun. No, it's amazing. I am a huge fan of this book. I loved the old one, and I'm really glad that they're doing this, and it's not a huge departure. Like, because I, I thought what they were doing with the last book was wonderful. I really like, um, I really like her and Captain Marvel's friendship. It's super cute. God, I just like everything about this book. I like how Zach Galifianakis' superhero has turned into. Like super stud now <laughs> by being by being mentored by Spider Woman. It's so awesome. <laughs> when we get the uh, that that'll be the Spider Woman TV show mm-hmm. that we'll have uh, Zach as uh, the porcupine. Oh God! And then uh, Zach Galifianakis is is gonna get the same trainer as uh, Andy Dwyer and be all fucking ripped. Chris yes. Pratt's his name. That, that is that is his actual name. Yeah, that's his real name. Not- God, can you fucking imagine like a a, a ripped Zach Galifianakis? He won't be funny anymore. <laughs> He'll have to grow a beard twice as big to be funny. Strange, <laughs> very strange. Uh, this yes, thank this, you. I'm very strange. This book is is zany and wacky and fun. Uh, a very interesting perspective on superheroes and on uh you know how does a pregnant super super spy, a pregnant spider woman how does that work how would that work in the marvel universe and i'm curious to see if the direction they're go- that the last few pages go if that is the overarch like is that where this story is going now or we're just having weird alien things or i don't know but it's like kind of remind me of men in black a little bit but uh the art is really great. Really, I think it really captures the tone of the book. Bye. It's good. Yeah, I, this is. It, I'm crazy excited about this book. I, I could not say enough wonderful things about it. This Double is, bye. 
Absolutely a double buy. Spider-Woman number one. And lastly, our last number one from Marvel is Ms. Marvel number one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is like unfair. This is like, this is the triple threat here. Written by G. Willow Wilson, Takeshi Miyazawa, uh, doing the first 21 pages of art with Adrian Alfana doing the last nine, ten pages with Ian Herring on colors, Joe Caramagna on letters, uh, with really beautiful cover by Cliff Chang. Um, in this, in this book, Miss Marvel fights the horrors of gentrification. Not only that, but that that's kind of... Also jealousy, yes. Also jealousy. The green-eyed monster. And a giant frog, multiple times. That is also, it's a, it's a kind of green monster, I guess. And misappropriation of her brand. Mm-hmm. Miss Marvel's still great? I don't... <laughs> breaking news! <laughs> this is a great book. It's so good. I it, it it filled me with so much joy to see both of these guys on this book. I I kind of don't know which one I like more, Miyazawa or uh, Alfana. I was I like I was so happy when I opened this book, and I'm like, oh, it's it's Takashi Miyazawa. This is so great. And then in the middle, it changed to Adrian Alfana, and I was like, oh, this is all this is awesome. I just started freaking the fuck out reading this book. I'm a little bit too much of a nerd for it. Just just a little bit too much. Okay, Eric, I have a question for you. What do you think about this? Okay. Uh, the dude's new girlfriend, Mike. Mm-hmm. Is she just a normal lady, or is she going to be a supervillain? I really don't see her becoming a supervillain. I agree with you. I just, you know, new character pops in out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's just sort of part of... You can't just have this guy floating around forever yeah you know it's just it's kind of a weak plot device and i think this this injects this injects some some drama into the situation you know it's i really like her decision to put this in there no i i i like her i like the character yeah. i think it's very think, interesting it's it's no a good... absolute i think pretty much every decision that she's made here is a really clever one i i really thoroughly enjoy it yeah uh i'm just throwing it out there Mm-hmm. And that there is already inherent rivalry there. Of course, that probably just means it's a red herring, but I don't know. And I, but it's interesting that it's there. Uh, I just, I just see it as it's an, an opportunity to see a little bit of Kamala's character. You know, it, it's it's going to be, it's going to be a not so pretty side of Kamala. Yeah, to challenge you know, her, her her social yes. mores when it's very personal. Yeah, it's it's. <sighs> I, I I don't know. I I mean, it could go. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's hackneyed that she should become a villain, but I kind of I don't want it to go away after six issues. You know? No, I agree. Like it it could go on forever. You know, like this, like that could just be these two. I I I don't know or I don't care. It's interesting that this has happened. Um, and this is just I don't know. This is just sort of one of those things where. I'm not going to try and figure it out. I'm just sort of going to let uh, G. Willow Wilson just take me by the hand, mm-hmm. lead me wherever she wants to go. Um, do you see the look at the last the, the last page? The page just says the end on it. Mm-hmm. Wolverine is flying a flying sloth. Is that a sloth? Look at his look at his hands. I guess so. I, it's very strange. <laughs> I just noticed that. 
that was that. Uh, but God, Adrian, you're so fucking weird. Uh, this is a great book. This is still a great comic book. Uh, it is the first comic. If someone goes, I I want to get into Marvel. What should I read? This mm-hmm. Marvel is probably this and Thor are the two books that I suggest first. And uh, this is still great. I I'm well, personally, seeing... I don't I don't think you can go wrong with any of those three. No, you can't. But I people know Thor. Uh, and Miss Marvel is a teenage character, so mm-hmm. that, it, it has the Peter Parker, you know, thing where you know, oh yeah, the uh, the the struggling teenage character. Now she's a now she has to deal with people thinking that she's a sellout. Mm-hmm. Miss Marvel, poor Kamala. God, it looks so great. This book looks amazing. I want her to. I want her to fight Randy Savage. Fight Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Bone saws ready. <laughs> so uh, I'm a buy. Miss Marvel number one. Spread. I'm a surprise. Do not buy. Oh, <laughs> swerve. <laughs> not. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Double buy. I got to go all the way back to the '90s for that one. Double buy. Miss Marvel number one. Our uh, next book of the week is pretty deadly. Number six. The Return. Uh, script: Kelly Sue DeConnick. Art: Emma Rios. Colors: Jordi Belair. Letters: Clayton Cowell. Uh, pretty deadly one through five. Uh, it's like they had a pretty extensive break. Um, we are, uh, pretty positive about five. I mean, five, one through five, the first arc. Uh, this takes a big time jump forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm, uh, not entirely sure about everything that's happening. That's, th- that, that's the way pretty deadly is written. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, some of this stuff I understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Emma Rios's art still is uh gorgeous. Really, really, really nice looking. Uh and I'm willing to just go along for the ride in this one. I, I'm I'm not sure necessarily what everything's happening, but I'm okay with that. I think it still works well enough for me. I still want to see uh I guess Ginny and Alice are now on the same team, fifty years later or whatever. Just mm. hang they're hanging out on horses together. But I don't, what do you think, Eric? You were always a little lower on it, pretty deadly than I was. I I continue to be. I mean, okay. I I don't dislike it, but I I have the same problems with it that I had before. That it is, it's 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 too squishy. It's too difficult for me to understand. I mean, it's 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 very beautiful and artful, but you know. So so are Ang Lee movies, and he made the Hulk. There's some people who love the Hulk, uh, and those people are wrong. <laughs> not that this is this is this is not as bad as the Hulk. The problem with the Hulk is that it's called the Hulk. I think if it was not set in the Marvel universe, it would be better. So if it was just called Green Monster Man, well, if it was just like a a dude that became a monstery kind of thing, mm-hmm. not became the Hulk, was a Maybe. first banner. I think a much better movie. Um, do you think are, that, are, would, that would that would make it better when he fights giant mutant poodles? Yes. Okay. I think it. I, I think it will. <laughs> it's. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I think it's still. It's. But it's interesting. It's probably. I think it becomes better if it's not set. If not made to be a Marvel movie. Um. I'm. I am a buy on this. I'm a, a, a buy. I like Pretty Deadly. Uh, if you like the. I mean. I think you are. I think we're. You are 100% correct, and this is more of this, I mean, it's very similar to that, the first arc, mm-hmm. at least in construction and, and, and thematically, but I'm fine with that. Um, I'm a buy. Are you a buyer, or where are you sent? <sighs> That's a very good question. 
honestly, I could pass on this and be okay. I am. I'm. I'm not excited about it. I am mostly flat on it. I am more intrigued than I am entertained. I kind of want to find out what's going on, but I don't know that I'm hugely invested, and I don't know that I like it. It's a weird, complicated feeling to have. You know, when I read DeConnick's Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. I'm not in love with it. When I read this, I'm I'm not in love with it. I really like Bitch Planet. I think it's truly excellent. And I think it's interesting. She's someone that I like an awful lot, but I have a, a very complicated sort of bunch of emotions about her books. I'm actually a, a little bit mushy about saying uh, do not buy. I'm kind of a do not buy on it because it's 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 one I I think I have to pass on. Uh, would you want to read it in trade? I would read someone else's, and if I liked it, I would buy it. Okay, <laughs> that's. I mean, if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest. Okay, that's fine. It, I I think it looks really good, but I think that if I'm basing it on this issue, I don't think that. that this issue looks nice, but it's not. It's not selling the issue to me. No, it's, I, it, it doesn't have anything like super dynamic. It, mm-hmm. What what is in there looks really nice, but that's because everything in Marios, like the baseline, is it looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I will state this. I mean, I am basing this solely on the fact that I read those first five, and I want to see this story continue. Correct. Uh, I would not suggest for someone to jump in here. Uh, I don't honestly you're you're going to understand just as much. I n- I don't think that's true. I understand a, a more just because I know these characters, or at least some of the characters, and I know what they are and who they are, and I can use, you know, infer kind of what their roles are now after knowing what happened at the end of the first arc. I mean, I still don't know completely what's happening, but I I got a good enough grip on that. Like the characters I recognize already, I know who they are. Um I think that is the, the the largest failing of this issue is that you can't just jump in and read this, and it's you know that you know the 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 ongoing health of this comic is gonna I don't know depend pretty heavily on people like I don't know you'd have to read the first arc I, I have a feeling I like I don't think you can just pick this up and even that like you are a perfect example of someone who has read the first arc and so you're like eh on this one so but I I like it still uh, I I don't loathe it but. I I think I, I had to come down on one side or the other, and I'm gonna I'm gonna raise a stink. I'm gonna say do not buy. Okay, split decision on Pretty Deadly number six. Our final book of the week is the is the long awaited right, Eric. Mm. You've been waiting this for for a decade, right? Ever since they I, announced I, it. I am I am always excited about Jim Lee books. It is Batman Europa number one. Story by Matteo Casali and Brian Azzarello. Layouts, Giuseppe Camuncoli. Letters and, no, pencils and finishes. Jim Lee. Colors, Alex Sinclair. Letters, Pat Brousseau. And this was announced uh, a decade ago. When it was really? Initially. And now, uh, it finally, the first issue finally comes out. Uh, Jim Lee, the, of course, the, the headline is Jim Lee draws a Batman book. Um, great, great headline. I know. I wondered when he was going to get around to doing that. Hush, that hush. Great. Um, he's, he he he's done many, and they're I know. they're all kind they're all kind of not great. Yeah. Uh, this is Batman doing kind of 
Batman has a thing, and then he has to go to places to find out why, and then he sees the Joker and uh, Batman Joker thing. It's not that bad, honestly. No, it's it's every part about it is perfectly competent. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I I don't hate the Jim Lee art. No, it, it looks it look, nice. It, it looks it looks nicer. I think maybe maybe that inker. I just associate that with '90s art, and I don't like it. Like this makes me like it makes me like Jim Lee more, even though I'm I don't think it's like it's not my favorite comic art. I just sort of like the way this looks. The the color really I don't know it it pulls it together. It's got a nice soft look with the pencils. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, that everything about this book is perfectly competent. Um, it looks. I mean, I I've never had a real huge problem with Jim Lee. Uh, I think this looks is looks nice. Uh, I I I. Do you feel any kind of intrigue, any kind of, like, feeling? Like, do you need to read this second issue of this? Do you need to see what happens? No, I could never look at this again and be fine. Yeah. I I don't particularly care about this weird Batman has a virus story. Yeah, and Batman Joker team up is, you know, what they're hinting at. I don't. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it, it. I'm sure its fans will like it, but I am not. I, 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 I don't know. I'm just getting very mad about it. Like, it's it's fine for what it is, but mm-hmm. what it is is what I, I don't want what it is. So, do not buy? Yeah, I, I don't particularly... I don't particularly need it. You know if you already want this or not. You know if you're already buying 80 Batman books a, a, a month, if uh, if you already want this. Double Batman, that's... It is. It, this is double Batman. Joker's <laughs> going to dress up like Batman. And he's going to be second Batman. Second Batman. Two Batman. Mm-hmm. Batman Square. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, so. That's a, a double. Do not buy Batman Europa number one. I don't know. Really, it's not that bad. No, it's, it's just like it's like why? Why? Who cares? I, yeah, I why? Don't, there's plenty of Batman out there. There is. This and... is not so special that it needs to be out there. I think that that Batman comics, they kind of suffer through the same problem that Spider-Man comics have in that they kind of like people want such a narrow thing. They want the same Spider-Man stories over and over and you do the superior Spider-Man and everyone's like, Oh God, I hate this. And then you do Peter Parker as Mr. Industrialist and everyone's like, Oh God, ah, this is dumb. I want the thing back. And I think they just don't roll the dice as much with Batman. Or rather, they try to, and it just always has to go back to Batman. Yeah. So I think it's just there's a core fan base of people that are un unwilling to change or let a story evolve into anything else. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know. We I've been a very hit and miss on Scott Snyder's Batman, but at least he has kind of done different things, and that's somewhat yes. Yeah, some to a certain extent, uh, and. I mean, there there have been some things that happened. You know, Gordon is Batman. Yes. Um, the the Arkham Manor. You know, that mm-hmm. was kind of an interesting thing. But this is like it never happened. You know. Yeah, and that's the and then like that's the a lot of people are talking about. Yeah, it's great. It's like back when I really liked Batman. It's that kind of mm-hmm. story. I'm like, well, I don't like I, the Detective Comics. You know, book with uh Buccioletto and Manipal. That was, I really liked that, and that was yeah. not ostensibly no different than this. I mean, it was mm-hmm. him in Gotham, but he was still just Batman, like the kind of Batman I, that I liked. Yeah. And I don't, this just not hit that same kind of butt for me. 
No, it doesn't. It it does seem like it it hits the neckbeard button. Jim Lee button. Mm-hmm. The, those buttons are close to each other on the console. They can be. Mm-hmm. No judgment on Jim Lee, though. I don't know if he has a neckbeard or not. He does not. He's clean-shaven. You don't know that? He could have a neckbeard right now. Okay, last picture I saw of Jim Lee, he was clean-shaven. Every, okay. I don't think I've ever seen Jim Lee not clean So he's like the opposite of you? Um, Meaning that he tried to grow facial hair in high school and it worked out terribly, so he decided to go clean-shaven the rest of his life? <laughs> yes. Then I guess yes. Maybe when he grows a beard, he looks like a baby. Maybe. That would be the opposite of you. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Baby, looks like a, a bearded baby. Mm-hmm. Beard baby. Baby beard. Mm-hmm. Do, you, uh, do you know what the five-year-old with a beard said? What did he say, Eric? I don't like having a beard. It hurts. It's a Zach Galifianakis bit. Oh, <laughs> well, it's appropriate, I guess. I guess so. Mentioned him already. Yep. I'm bringing everything back. I think my favorite Zach Galifianakis bit is when he just uh, he, he came out on stage dressed as like a colonial American and then did his entire set like in Old English <laughs> it, with, and talked about old, like colonial topics. Like, that sounds that sounds like some stupid shit he would do. It was funny for about three minutes and then he just kept going and then it stopped. Yeah, and then he's. He is that much of an antagonist. He would definitely just troll his audience the whole time. I think I saw like a brief, like little bit of that, which was probably all that I could tolerate. <laughs> yep, that's about. Yeah, but yeah I think exactly. we're starting to gab. We need to. I think we need to call it on this section. Yeah. So if not, if I did not make it clear, double do not buy a Batman Europa number one. Uh, I did not read any of the comics this week. Uh, did you, Eric? Nope. You didn't read any of these aliases. Shh. Uh oh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a preview. Of something. <laughs> yeah, maybe hit, hit what's happening coming up next week, maybe. Uh, but uh, with that, we can uh, call it for weekly floppies and we can move over to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part show where Eric and I will uh, talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, recommendations or uh, nerdy things or video games or movies or TV shows. Stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I played a lot of Fallout this week. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the only thing I've been able to do. Uh, how, how many how many hours are you in? Oh, not many at all. Let me, let me actually give you a number. 22, that's all. But that's a lot considering how little time I actually get to play games. How many hours I have? 160. <laughs> I would have had to not sleep and not work, I think, to get that number. I mean, I mean are you sure that you do? I do both of those things. Uh, I'm at 75 hours. That's a few. That's so, a fair it's few still, hours. That's a lot, yeah, for yeah, someone who has a full-time job and hosts two podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is certainly true. That is, that is what you do. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, still discovering things, still having a lot of fun with it. Uh-huh. We'll play it for a long more time. It is it is one of those games it's like you're you're designed to just never stop playing. You know? Like the, the, the whole settlement thing to where I'll just breeze into somewhere and I'm like, oh I can I can build stuff now and people will come and live here. Yeah. Well I guess that's that's another ten hours I can spend in a place. Shit. <laughs> It's, you, it's there's there's no bottom to it. No, it just goes forever. Did you get to the end of that covenant quest eventually? 
No, I never went back to it yet. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do the quest. I think. I think the guy in Sanctuary might have given it to me. I think what he said is he's like go out east to this this settlement and do a favor for them, and their favor was go out to this quarry and kill all of these heavily armed raiders. <laughs> and sounds... they are they are way stronger than me. Sounds so right. I went, and, I went and got my power armor, and they blew it up. Maybe me might, in it might want to go do some other stuff. I might have to. They're really damn strong, and my my guns like they tickle them. I shoot uh, them in the face three times, and they're like, <laughs> I just mutated. <laughs> Legendary Raiders. Uh, I, I, I won't tell you what it, the particulars of the Covenant quest. Uh, I will tell you that there are no one left alive in Covenant <laughs> in my in my game. That's that is sad. That is really sad. All those all those terrified looking people. Well, you, uh, you, when you get there, you'll, you'll, you'll see, uh, and you, you will make a decision in your, your, on your own and do what you want. I, I am sure that I will. Um, typically I try and leave people alive if I can, but you're right. Maybe I'll want to just murder everyone. You never know. It's Fallout. It is Fallout. You know, there's just rage sometimes with things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also figure out how to link my settlements together, the inventory, so they share inventory. That's important. You definitely need to tell me how to do that. I will, as soon as we are done, I will detail it uh, in particular, <laughs> how to do that. It's it's a pain, but it's worth it. Um, did you, you want to talk about anything else except for Fallout? I don't really have anything else I can check in with. Is this my checking in time? Sure. Well, I, uh, sort of two negative things have led me to do this. Mm-mm. One, I gotten into a car accident and it sort of made me sort of look at myself a little bit differently. Uh, but beyond the car accident, the other day I was listening to NPR, and I came in on the tail end of a bit they were doing on uh, the government's feeling about encryption and how it's a horrible thing and only bad guys use it. And when listening to it, I was like, this is really irresponsible and makes me unhappy. So I sent an email to uh, uh, Lowell Headings, who runs uh, howtogeek.com, and I said, I want to write an article about encryption, you know, sort of about this. Would you publish it? And he was excited that I wanted to do this and told me, like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I can pay you this much, and it would be great to have you back, and here's how you get past the firewall. And he's like, yeah, your articles have 12 million page views. It's a lot. It's a fair few. So the prospect of going back to writing, I'm I'm encouraged by it. Like I think it's it's just something I need to make a part of myself again. I feel like I've been neglecting it for a long time. So that's something I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try, and I think by the time this episode is out, my article uh, about encryption should be released. So I'm going to probably do a couple a bit editing and rewriting tonight, and uh, yeah. We'll be publishing it in a couple days. So I'm super excited about that. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I do. I, I'll talk. I'll, I will touch briefly on another game that I did pry myself away from Fallout to play. I am I am really jealous that you're in this beta. Can, can, you, can you send me an invite? I cannot. God Blizzard, Blizzard has control over all that. I'm not even sure if I get to play after this weekend's over. Oh, really? Because I, I know they're doing, they added a whole bunch of people for this weekend because they want to stress test the hardware and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I stay on or not. 
I'll find okay. out tomorrow, I guess, if I'm still able to access it. Um, this, it, it I've already mentioned Blizzard is Overwatch, their new mm-hmm. first person. It's team based combat, right? Yeah, it's sort of like MOBA esque. You know, it, it, you know that it has all these heroes, and they all kind of have to use teamwork. They all have they has roles like you know, just like a MOBA where you have a, mm-hmm. a healer, a tank, uh, you know, a, a, a an offensive support player you know all those kind of they each hero has their own roles they all yeah like it looks really nice uh all the characters are really different from each other which i characters are really really interesting looking yeah and the like blizzard is the one of the best at design like designing characters and designing you know how a game looks well i mean look at look at everything in heroes of the storm and how different every character is from every other character it's just it's just that in another game. Yeah, They're really, really smart at it. Yeah, they they and this actually was this is basically just the combat system from a MMO that they kind of scrapped. That was going to be called uh, it had codenamed Titan. I don't know if you ever saw that floating around mm-hmm. online. But I did it got, not. It got canceled a while back because they couldn't get the other half of the game to make sense to them. Like the MMO portion of it, this was basically just like the mechanical combat of that system of that game. And they just went, okay, we'll just make a game kind of centered around this. And you, like, just, like the things I, the few games I've played, it's basically just like, es- like escort this, this, like, jet as it, or tank as it goes through a little town, or try and capture this area, like King of the Hill type, you know, games. Like that, mm-hmm. I think that is the main problem with it right now, but it's in beta. They'll be adding stuff. Uh, but the environments and the characters all look really great. I feel like. So it's, it, it's, it has missions. And it's, it's, so it's kind of, it's a little bit like Counter-Strike, except you have objectives and the other team tries to make you fail at those objectives. Correct. You have defend and attack so far. Yeah. That's all I've seen. Yeah. And I think that's all there is. There's, and you don't get to pick any of that stuff. You just got to get thrown into right. a match at this point. So I guess point. It's, it is kind of, it, it is kind of like the, the objectives on the maps and heroes then. Yeah. And that's the, that, that's the main thing. Like you're trying to, move this be with this thing while it slowly rolls across the map or or go to this area and capture it and then once you capture it move on to another area and capture that you know, progress that way it, you know it's not going to be released as free to play right no it's i prefer that honestly i kind of do as well but i could care less because i think i'm i don't know if i'm going to really be able to spend a lot of time playing it but i am very excited for this game i think it looks amazing no i it's i am I'm not nearly as good at first-person shooters as I once was. I am, uh, I can tell. I used to be really good. Now I'm okay at best. I, probably because I don't really play them very, like, competitive first-person shooters ever anymore. Um, this one kind of brought me in because it's a Blizzard game. It looks neat. Um, mm-hmm. but the characters are really, there is, like, there is a gorilla with a lightning gun. Mm-hmm. There, there is a, like, a monk that throws orbs at characters to heal them or to hurt them. There's a, you know, a, a a female character that blinks back and forth and can reverse time for herself. There's like a, a little guy named Rat, I think it's Rat Pack or something like that. Pack Rat maybe, who throws mines and every, like they, every single character has their own like unique mechanics and stuff. Yeah. There's, they have their own gimmicks. Yeah. There's a basic, you know, kind of soldier guy for you to start out with. Like he just has, you know, run and shoot and stuff, but, and they have ultimates, which is another thing that Heroes has, you know, where you, after you do enough damage and take enough damage and use your ultimate ability, which is different depending on what character you are. 
the heavy weapons person is a buff lesbian with a pixie cut. There, that she's in there. There's a girl. She's 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 pretty adorable. There's there's a, a girl with a mech, and once mm-hmm. that she dies, basically just the mech explodes, and she can run around and try and survive long enough for her to be. Able is this to- the is this the Indian girl that's like Samus Aran kind of? No, that's the no. She's like the little. I know who you mean. She, she isn't she. Uh, she's Japanese. I don't remember. <laughs> I I well I I just remember seeing like a little a little faux anime girl. Yeah, that's it is it is kind of like a faux anime girl. I can, yeah. She had pink hair, I think, or something like that. Yeah. But you and after a bit of time, she can regen like call in a new mech mm-hmm. so that she. But you know, the, it's a unique thing, and that every single character has their own unique unique things. Uh, I think it's, be, it's it's supposed to be set up to where you can like rapidly change characters. Yes, after every yeah. death, or at your base, you can just change the name, whatever hero you want, mm-hmm. which is great. So that 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 is kind of I think that's kind of how Counter Strike worked, except it was like buying guns and stuff. It's like Team Fortress. Go back, is go another back to comparison. Base. Yeah, I guess that's true. I never played Team Fortress, so it's off my radar. But it's it's similar in that way, but the, the roles are even further, like the characters are all further apart. Team Fortress had a rather yeah. rather narrow selection of, you know, it was more class. And that while these have different classes, they're also the individual characters within each class can are often very different. There's a character that their ultimate is they turn into a tank. So there's that. There is that. I'm, I'll find out tomorrow if I can play anymore. Until I get, I don't know, I don't know how it's gonna work. But uh, I, I, it's still in beta. I, I think it's not coming out until like in full release till maybe summer next year. So it's have a pretty long period of uh, beta testing. I assume adding more modes and more kind of. There's not much explanation about things after the tutorial, at least about what you're supposed to be doing or how the game modes work. But it looks really nice. It plays plays pretty well. It's very simple. Like the controls are, it's not too complicated. And I think anyone, pretty much anyone, can jump in or out. I think that's their intent. No, uh, there was no voice chat, at least, when I was in, so that's great. I want that, honestly. I'm sure at a high-level play, you'd have to have it, but we need people yelling at me. I'll yell at you. Well, I mean, I know you. Mm-hmm. I know you, too, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. Fallout 4. I could talk about Fallout 4 for another couple hours, but I think that's... I have to start. Yeah, we can. We have to start a different podcast for that. I texted you a picture of a, of a first aid kit. We did. We started, it made us start talking about Fallout. <laughs> Well, I, it was funny. Which I still call Half Life because I'm <laughs> still stupid. We still calling it Half Life. Kim and I went to a uh, antique um, show yesterday with my folks and my sister, and, and uh, you know, a lot of people were selling just like old stuff. It's an antique show, so there's a good half of it is about junk. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, we every every fan I saw, I'd be like, "Oh, there's screws in that. Want to take it? I need that. Yeah. I need that fan. There's screws in there." It's- Screws and adhesive. Yeah, and they need that adhesive. Stock up. Mm-hmm. It's oh, important. There's an ammo box. What is there, what's in there? 50 cal? 38? 308? Fancy hairbrushes. Fancy hair. A lot of fancy hairbrushes going on wall, in Fallout. Wall to wall fancy hairbrushes. Oh, okay. But, uh, you want to talk about some Punisher? Hey, we might as well do it. Might as do well. It up. We, we read it. Might as well talk about it. Seems like the done thing. Yep. Uh, so checking in, uh, over for now. Next week, we'll have more shenanigans to talk about or Fallout 4. Probably that. Probably more Fallout 4. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. I but, can, I can see, I can see that far into the future. We'll talk about that in Turkey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Uh, it's time for our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is a part of the show when Eric and I will discuss a, uh, a longer, more uh, collected book uh, in depth, like what a book club. 
Um, this week we are doing Punisher Max 37 through 60, Volume 7 through 10, the tail end of Garth Ennis' run as writer on the book, um, with Leandro Fernandez, Lam Medina, uh, Howard Chaykin doing one issue, and then Goran Harlov, the remainder. Um, where are you, Eric? Where, where, we, okay, start off, first few, you did, yeah, you were mediocre and lower on it. I thought my, I thought my audio had dropped out for a minute, I was like, I'm here, I'm here. I'm this guy. You are there. No, uh, no I, I am here. You, no, but I, in, in the middle, we, the last few trades you, you liked more. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you with these, these last few? I think that your general assessment is correct that he kind of floundered a little bit, did not kind of know what these books needed to be with the first couple, and they've progressively gotten better. And it's good that he begins to tie in the strongest elements of the first books in these last four. But I think if the other six were as good as these last four, I would really like this series. I I I think they still have some problems. Yeah, I agree. This this first issue uh, with the black gangsters makes me really uncomfortable. Uh, it's it's a lot of the same criticism as before. As before, you know the the weird toxic masculinity and the the racism. They're not. Um, they don't strike me as overtly sexist. Like, I think he legitimately tries to make O'Brien uh, an interesting and well-rounded character, even though she's basically like Tulip 2.0. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. She gets, she has agency and she has some good scenes that she steals. And I don't know, is is O'Brien the woman in the refrigerator? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I would say no. In this book, because contextually, I, I, well, as much as that, uh, what the British guy, mm-hmm. I, I like it's just everyone that gets close to Frank Castle ends up dead. Right. So, so that's, that it's more that's more the theme than her being. I mean, he does go off to Avenger. He does. And I mean, but he would have. It's it's nothing he wouldn't have done anyway. Yeah. If it was any other character, I would say yes. Yeah. But because it's Frank Castle and it's the Punisher. I would just say, yep, that's kind of par for the course for him. Basically, everyone's the woman in the refrigerator with 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 Frank. Yeah, I mean, and that's if you're gonna, I mean, that is a fair criticism for Punisher's character as mm-hmm. a whole and for yeah. the, any kind of story arc that involves it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, you can't just pinpoint it on a single female character. Mm-hmm. I I like her a lot. I do too. I uh, I kind of wish that she didn't end here because I think that uh, I don't know. I, I could, I don't know. I, I I could stand to see more of it. I enjoyed her. And yeah, it, it does bum it. I you 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 felt something when uh, when she died, just because she was she was pretty cool. She was likable. She's more likable than Frank. <laughs> well, yes, she she's showed, much 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 more likable. She she, than she showed emotions that weren't rage and, mm-hmm. and murder that weren't quiet rage. Stoic, yeah. stoic murder face. That's yeah, the, yeah. The, the Frank Castle. Um, I didn't. I, I, uh, I yes. The, my, my a lot of my fond memories of this book. I having reread this really do are these last few. A Widowmaker, the 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 one with the the gangster, all the wives. Mm-hmm. I thought that one was a little weak. It's it's fine. I think it's yeah, it's, not, it's not it's not the it's not the worst thing. Yeah, but my the Man of Stone, the Return of Barracuda, 
and him against the Delta Squad and mm-hmm. the Vietnam stuff. Um, that those are really, really, I really. Oh yeah. Um, him and his and his he, him discovering he has a daughter. That was uh, that was incredibly powerful. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot. And, you know, I did not. I did not think Barracuda would come back. I know you talked about him as if he was in multiple books. And I was like, but he fucking dies. Mm, he yeah, clearly, he yeah. clearly didn't die. And, and yeah, unless you you have to put him into blow him into bits and put those those bits into bits and then burn those bits of bits, mm-hmm. and then you're then you're positive you got rid of him. Uh, I feel like he gets a little bit more development in this. Uh, I, I feel like it's still I don't know enough, not enough maybe, but it's something. He's less of a caricature as than he was in that in that first arc. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of insight into why he is a monster. Uh, it's not subtle whatsoever. No. Garth Ennis is not a subtle writer. Not generally, no. No. But it it does show, kind of, it gives you a little bit of why. The why of Barracuda, if you really wanted that. <coughs> do you, do you, I, I don't know, I, I agree with your sentiment about the, those, the, those black gangster gangbangers, whatever, that you see mm-hmm. a little bit in there, but I also feel like, the the extended portions of the uh, the Vietnam the Valley Forge Valley Forge arc where we get insight into like those the written portions mm. where you know we see a uh, you know essentially a a book uh, no, parts of a book that were written about Frank Castle and his experiences in Vietnam and everything surrounding his experiences in Vietnam and you get a glimpse into like uh, an older uh, black female activist, community manager, organizer, whatever, I forget the exact words they used to describe her, but she's in her fifties at the time. And her, bro- her older brother had, you know, was in Vietnam and she, you know, in this written part, it's certainly, it's not in like comic book, comic book, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. in one of these pages. And it is like, you know, she talks about how, you know, uh, black people, African Americans are fed, oh, yeah. and fed into this, fed, we're fed into that system and are fed into our current kind of military industrial complex mm-hmm. and all that. So it, it you know, I, I, that's why it's, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that he can write something so enlightened when all the black characters act like they're out of a fucking shaft movie. Well, not the, um, and that's weird because it, also the commander, of the Delta Squad force in that same arc is a black guy. And he is, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, he's cool. I like him. He's a good character. He's interesting. No, he's an excellent character. And he's, he's not stereotypical in pretty much any no. way. No, he's not. He's just, I don't know. He's a solid, he's a, a solid moral person. <laughs> the generals are like, why did you pick this guy? He's too good. Oh, you! Oh, you picked a, a mortal, upstanding person to help us with our depraved mission. Why would you yeah. do that? You're an idiot. There's the um, the black cop too, in the in the Widowmaker. The Sydney Portier. <laughs> yes, basically. He really does look like Sydney Portier. It's the heat of the night, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's supposed to be an excellent film. I've never seen all of it. Yeah, Sydney Portier is a great actor. He's supposed to be incredible. Um. I feel like he's a he's an interesting character. He's a little bit very much like Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon to me, but uh Yeah. That he still I think is interesting in that you know, he you know, Punisher's like, You're not like a monster like I am. Go turn. Yes. You, you come on. Look at me. Although I like the, the, the daughter part 
that humanizes. I think that is the most humanizing. Yeah. The thing, him and being with O'Brien when she dies, like that, both of those right. things really are the most human things you're going to see of Frank Castle in this book. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of had a moment there where I'm wondering, you know, is is Frank going to turn it around? Is he going to stop being this? You know, ostensibly he has a child again that he has been waging this war because he lost his family. Well, now he, he has a family again. And is he going to change? And apparently, no, he absolutely can't. I kind of wish that, I don't know. I, I've, I was having that conflict, and I don't know that it was really so much on the page. I wish it kind of had been, because I think that's interesting. Because we talk about, that's who the Punisher is. He can't change. I mean, and I think if, that, that if, that's... that's that's a conflict I'm interested in. What he, are you saying? You no, know, if he changes, the book's over. That, yeah, I mean, exactly. There is no that. That is the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I. In Jason Aaron's run is the end of the Punisher Max. There is no. There's still a Punisher in the Marvel universe now, but after Jason Aaron's run, there is no more Punisher Max. There, there is an end to it. Um, and I I think we should probably read that somewhere down the line. Um, it is it is Jason Aaron. It is Jason Aaron. Um. But I, yeah, I don't know necessarily that it ever, I don't think it ever implies that he's going to, you know, suddenly be a father. But the question is there, like, what does he do with this child? You know, like, once, I mean, he goes to you know, great lengths to save it from Barracuda. Um, you know, what does he do with it? And his solution is, uh, keep it away from him for the rest of his life. Or its mm-hmm. life. Um, and I feel like that, yeah, that it has to come back to the status quo where he is the Punisher now. Like, I think they even talk about it, like, there's just some things, they, and then they talk about further in that, in the Valley Forge, Valley Forge, where, like, in those, more of those book sections, where when they first encounter Frank after that, the the siege that he's a part of, and, you know, the the parts with O'Brien, and, you know, there there is no returning. Like, he, they mention it multiple times, like, there, he doesn't have it in him to go back. It's not possible for him. He's too damaged. You know, he, this war that he's waging doesn't have an end, and therefore he cannot stop being the point. And it limits the character in a certain way, but I, it just can't happen. There's, especially after all we see in this book, like the, you know, the, just the sheer amount of death. Mm-hmm. It's like the Pope. He doesn't retire. He doesn't step down. Except for that, the, the one before this one. I think he, uh, really? Yeah. He, he That's quit. not supposed to happen. They're not supposed to quit. No, he quit. Absolutely. Which pope? The one, the one that, the one not this one, the one right before. Forget the name of it already. He was not a, he was not considered a good pope. Uh, most people, Benedict. Yeah, he started when he was seventy-eight. Stopped when he was eighty-five. Hmm. First pope to renounce the papacy on his own initiative since Celestine the fifth. That was in twelve ninety-four. So you, you're right in that it shouldn't. No, it I, I was not aware that was not aware that popes stepped down. I thought they did it until they bit it. They generally do, but this one decided uh, to to quit. So Benedict uh, Benedict would have stopped being the Punisher. <laughs> I guess because Punishers and Popes, you know, mm-hmm. the Popisher, the Popisher. Oh God! Pope well, you have you have learned me something. You did not think we'd be talking about the Pope. No, I didn't either. Um, did you? I I really enjoyed those those excerpts from that the the fictional Vietnam book. I could not make myself read all of them. Really? I did what I read I did enjoy. 
like the part towards the end that we were that you were talking about with um, you know talking about the the black experience in the army. I mean it it's certainly it is the lower class. It is the poor man's experience in the army. That's a, a I don't know. I, I I I can't disagree with it. I think it just slowed down the action so much that that fourth book felt as long as three of the other ones. You know, I I. I liked it because it it gave but, some backstory to that I think that these books really don't have much of because the Punisher is mm-hmm. kind of like hey yeah, yeah you know the Punisher but it it kind of influenced and it helped the book say something more than just hey the Punisher kills some guys yeah I no think. I mean it it had some real heart these books all had some real heart you know that's 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 where these succeed much more uh, where the other books failed. Particularly those guys that's first three. Don't quite do it. Um, I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When Barracuda shoots the that doll in the head, did you think it yep. was did you really think that was did you think he killed his daughter? Yeah. I I don't see any reason for that to be a red herring. <laughs> yeah, I know it is Barracuda. Why would Barracuda have a fucking doll? Why would he take that I mean it it makes it makes more sense that he would fucking murder a baby. I don't know. I feel I, I I feel like it's uh I'm not sure it's 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 cheap is <laughs> what it is I I mean honestly it's hard for me to see it any other way there's it's it's senseless that they should do that it's just for the emotional manipulation of seeing a baby get shot in the head mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's probably better either to not do that moment or to I don't know to do that moment and have it be real. No, I don't know. I just always read it as, hey, Barracuda just wants emotional control over Frank. And he, you know, he likes fucking with people. I guess so, but it doesn't, it does not make any sense to me. I don't understand. It probably doesn't hurt the Goran Parlov Drew, those last uh, two. No. The majority of them. Certainly doesn't hurt that. No, he they could, really good. He could draw anything. I'll, I'll take it. It almost doesn't look like Parlov in a lot of places. It's like, it's it's not stylized and the the coloring is so I don't know it it just sort of doesn't mesh with him. There are parts of it where it's more sort of tan and earth tones and those work better, but a lot of the colors they just look like '90s comics or something. Not bad, just they just sort of don't mesh with his style. I do not like the Howard Chaykin issue fifty. Mm-hmm. I did not. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I've never really been a huge fan of Chicken's art, but uh, I don't particularly like. I've never he's drawn he's done a lot of Punisher outside of this, and I don't ever have ever liked his his Punisher stuff. I don't know. It makes honestly, it, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just personal taste. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, I don't think it's amazing. I do think his faces are a little strange and naive in some places. Like I don't know some of it. It gives me an uncomfortableness, but it 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 seemed okay. I mean, I take Goran Parlov over him any day. Why do you think that these succeed when those first few fail? I feel like I had a a a solid answer to that before you asked me that question. Now I feel like I have to think about it deeper than to just give the same recycled answer. I really do feel like everything was leading up to this point that um, 
that that Ennis had sort of not worked out his formula for these, and certainly by these last four, he had it completely ironed out. You know, terrible characters, uh, straightforward narrative. You don't need forty thousand different characters all interacting. They don't have to be complicated stories. They're just you know they're all the first Die Hard movie. You know, everything's told simply, characters are identifiable, the plot goes from A to B to C, and it just works. So they're 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 neat, they're tidy, they get in, they get out. That being said, I mean, you know, each one of them has an emotional core to it. It's not just empty. Like, I feel like the first couple of stories, we were just sort of supposed to enjoy him being a monstrous badass, and that isn't what really makes it good to me these four more the three than the four because i i agree with you with uh the widow maker that it's uh it's not ideal although i did like uh i did like double mastectomy uh girl punisher mm-hmm. i liked her thought that was a an interesting decision uh for a, a character but I don't know. It was like he's playing the right notes on these. This it it has more. This has more to do. This is more similar to Fury Max. So it's like all those first six were warm ups for these, and then by the time he did Fury Max, he really knew what he was doing. You know, you're you're telling you're telling these nostalgic stories about you know what's lost. You know the the baby story. It's it's a, he's lost his family, and you're reminded of that and. The story about how O'Brien is lost and, you know, the the story about the army is it's very much a story about, I don't know, I guess nostalgia about how America used to be great. Were you getting that as well? Um, I don't know. It wasn't necessarily nostalgia for me. Well, there was certainly a lot of that in those those uh, those Valley Forge books where they talked about like how they wanted well the, I mean, their father's war yeah, and i mean that was about the whole uh you know the the you know the issues with vietnam in the first place is that mm-hmm. you know that all, all the people who fought in vietnam oh, yeah. it was so different from our experience with world war ii where you war ii gold star uh, office i need to upgrade um it's really important for them to tell me to tell you that yeah thank you thank you microsoft try office 365 for one month um no, yeah, I mean that's, and I, 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 I think that was about the the difference between the war of World War Two and the war of you know Vietnam War, where mm-hmm. obviously the Vietnam War was kind of disastrous in almost all regard, and the different aspects of that, and it was all, this is all reminding you that this is where Frank is from. That that is mm-hmm. the root of Frank Castle is his mm-hmm. experience in that war dealing with all of those issues that and then he came back and he was he had a family again and then that got taken away from him like he lost it when he managed to come back from vietnam and okay uh and i and like in the fact that he's fighting the so- soldiers ostensibly american soldiers mm-hmm. in that last book where, where he has to you know we we see him rescue people in vietnam we see him be a survivor and now he has to. Now he's the his the country that he was defending is now waging war with him directly, mm-hmm. which is it, 
I don't know. It, I think it, it grounds that conflict between those two forces because for the most part, Punisher is not about that. He is about killing drug dealers and, you know, gangbangers and gangsters and that kind of thing. That I mean, that was what the Punisher was for a long time. Uh, Punisher, I like this a lot because a lot of it is taking, going away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is that, and this is part of it. You know, th- and this, I remember this, this, when I think of this book, I'm not thinking, I'm thinking about the Man of Stone. I'm thinking about Barracuda. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about his about his relationship with O'Brien and with his daughter. Mm-hmm. That's what I kind of come come away with this. I don't necessarily think about. I don't know. I, th- I remember the slavers a little bit. You know the yeah that stuff, but the, the, all that stuff with the the mobsters and the the Irish guy and all that stuff. I don't really think I remember. That's not the 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 stuff I remember this for. Do you think that? It, I, do you think that you talked about how? You know, he was, we, this, this is where it, this book was going to, you know, it, it was make, it was progressing to this point where Frank is fighting for these things. Do you think that there's a way to, like, w- would there be a way to salvage those first few books? Would there, like, could you make them differently than, like, and make them mean something? Or is that it just inherently that there has to be a buildup? That's a good, good question. I, I, hmm. You kind of stumped me there. I, I want to say that they can be done better, particularly when I think back on the Kitchen Irish book. It was very messy. The storytelling is not as good as in these other books. It could be cleaned up a lot. And I think it started to gel a lot with the Man of Stone story. But I think even that could have um, could have been done a little bit better. It was a little... I think he was trying to inject some of that preacher grossness and weirdness. Like he didn't know quite what to do with it. And I think those those early books were him trying to innocent up a little too much and he eventually found what really felt right. Do I think that, you know, maybe if he went back and did it again, could it be better? Yeah, potentially. I don't know that they would ever be they're not going to have quite the finality of these like barracuda 2 is probably not or is not going to be it's going to be more ramped up than barracuda 1 i think just sort of necessarily there's just more invested in that story than in the first one yeah i, I i'm i'm just thinking about it and how mm-hmm. like it, it's a weird thing because this is punisher max mm-hmm. you have to differentiate from the normal punisher in ways i don't know that you know, they don't have, you know, you don't see any superheroes in this. You see Nick Fury and you see Microchip. Those are the only kind of characters that really uh, appear in both for the most part. There's some side characters that make appearances, but other than that, those are the only really big name characters that show up in both the regular Marvel Universe and this one. Um, you know, I understand starting out like in a, at a base level, like here's him killing gangsters like that, you know, something that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um and that's another thing I like this more is that there isn't necessarily a bunch of that gross out Garth Ennis stuff. You know, like there's, I mean, obviously it's gory, mm-hmm. but it's not like, like stuff you see in Preacher at some points. Yeah. Like the absurdly fat, uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Well, he's also the Pope. He, that's true. <laughs> and, or, you know, Ars face and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the absurdly disgusting. Uh, and, and I feel like any, any, at any point that he does that stuff in this book, it makes 
zero sense and kind of hurts the book because yeah. it's set in the Marvel Universe ostensibly, you know, punish with a, a licensed character, a character owned by Marvel. It's weirder to have that kind of stuff. In. Um, I do think like O'Brien, we see her early on and then she comes back and that I, I feel like, I don't know if it, it's, it's hard to tell like where, what, you know, when you change certain things, how does it work out later on and all that stuff. But I, I don't know. I feel like he could have done just a little bit of that in the beginning and then moved on to, Things that were, I think the, these later books work so much is because he them, he ties it thematically all the a lot of Punisher stuff. You know, his fam the the thing that makes him the Punisher is you know he lost his family. He's a Vietnam vet. Uh, mm-hmm. you know he doesn't stop. Like those are the like and thematically tying in those things like you know getting his family back or you know finding some like finding a, a having some sort of kinship with O'Brien. Um, having you know soldiers hunting him. Like that, those things thematically tying into the roots of the Punisher make them inherently more interesting. I don't know if he'd gone to that well a little bit earlier, probably wouldn't make books better. You know, start off with simple and then broach into mm-hmm. simpler thematically, not necessarily yeah. simpler. In, I, I agree with you, though, that the, the Kitchen Irish is by far the weakest. Yeah. The, the weakest book in this. Um, but the, the, I mean, the escalation, he does a very good job of uh, taking uh, stories that, even the ones that I was not terribly impressed with and taking those elements and building better and better stuff out of them. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think you, you did hit it on the head that to an extent, there's always going to be that escalation. The later ones are always going to be based off of the first ones and you're more and more invested. So I think my nuanced answer, I mean, they could be done better, but yeah, they do enhance the later books. So Yeah. Who would you recommend this to? Do you remember when we were at Dragon Con and that guy sang Citizen Soldier and totally killed the party? <laughs> yes. That guy? Oh, God. I, I I could think of some people, Um, probably not a lot of ladies I would recommend this to. No, probably not. It's a very doodly book. I, any, you know, there's a Venn diagram of Garth Ennis fans, Preacher fans. Mm. If you if you like Preacher and you like the Punisher, yeah, obviously that's a clear, easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's you, true. People who like the Punisher and you know would be interested in seeing you know curse words and and gore and nudity and stuff in their book and or that is not you know something that you don't see in a Marvel books, normal Marvel books. Um, so I feel like I don't know most Punisher fans I think would enjoy this because um, it's at the end of the day it's still solid Punisher comics um, with just it has that extra level of adult material um, if that doesn't I mean if you're reading Punisher comics I'm guessing that does stuff doesn't bother you I would hate to think that it would yeah that's it'd be tricky if you're like yeah I like the regular Marvel Punisher because he's not so it's not so gritty and dark mm-hmm. I like, want uh, I want I want the paintball Punisher. Oh, he shot. He hit that guy. That guy has some blue on him. Mm-hmm. Get out. Get outside the arena. You're out. Have you ever played paintball? I never have. I wonder if I'd like it. I've not. Probably hurts a lot. It's yeah. I mean, it hurts. It's not unless okay. it hits you in a really sensitive spot. It's generally not bad. It's my main problem with it is like it hurts enough that you want to wear like long sleeve shirts and pants with padding. And because you're doing that, and you're in Florida, and you're it's inevitably the not the two months where it's comfortable outside. You, right. And you're wearing a, a face mask because you don't want to get paint in your eyes. Uh, it's super hot and not 
comfortable necessarily. You're all you're all gross and sweaty, and then you get you get painted. Yeah, and then you like you're and I am because I haven't done it a lot, and you ostensibly would not either. Uh, you have less worse equipment than everyone else that's playing who does it every weekend. Uh, and they have like automatic paint, and they're like, bah, 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 and you're like, bah, bah, you know, one sh- one shot at a time, and they're better at fake combat than you. Uh, and uh, you get hit and die and. I've not enjoyed my time playing paintball. If it was mm-hmm. just me and my friends, and none of them, we were all big dummies together playing. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, I would don't play with people who are good at it. <laughs> it's not sounds fun. good. Not fun. Uh, we'll do that for your bachelor party, Eric. Mm, sounds good. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about for this? Uh, I don't think so. No, I'm gonna serenade you with Citizen Soldier. Oh God, please don't. I have no idea how it even goes. I don't either. It's really bad guitar chord, like very the most like yeah. mundane three doors down. Citizen soldier, giving your life for a cause. I mean, I I appreciate that. Uh, I would have not. I don't think I would have read this on my own, even though I enjoyed. Fury Max so much. I'm kind of glad we did. Still greatly prefer Fury Max. Fury Max has the benefit of being just a very succinct Yes. You know, it's much more a character piece than it says. Yeah. I think that's I, th- I think that's important, you know. I think there's a lot to be said for not saying too much in a story. So yeah, this uh, we will be doing Alias the Jessica Jones uh, comic. It was also a Max book. I think these are two the the, the two standouts of the Max line. Honestly, um, Jessica Jones just premiered on Netflix. I have not actually watched it. Yet. I intend to. Um, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Michael Gatos, uh, twenty eight issues. All uh, all four trades. There are two Ultimate collections as well. Volumes one and two. Which they've collected it multiple times. I'm sure it is on sale in Comicsology right now. A dollar an issue, which is why I picked it up and good reason for us to do it. Um, I have not read it. I, I'm interested to see. I, I've read parts of it, I guess. I've not read it a whole. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's issues 1 through 28. All of Alias. Uh, maybe I'll get the television show done in time to compare. Probably not. <laughs> I um, will certainly not. There's a no. there's an awful lot of uh, fans and fancy hairbrushes to collect. But I I agree. That's very true. Uh, but that will be next week, guys. Um, then I think we can call it a day. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find everything there. New episodes, links to all our stuff. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Like us there. Follow us on Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us, handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to those places. Uh, we, uh, like to hear you guys. And of course, if you like the show, please give us a five star review on Amazon. Subscribe Amazon on iTunes. We don't need the Amazon reviews. You can buy me five stars on Amazon. <laughs> on iTunes, uh, tell us, tell me, like us, and uh, more people will find the show. We of course appreciate that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at mixmastercereal. That's M I X M A S T E R C E R E A L. Eric, where can they find you online? What a great question. You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com, and you can see most of the things I get up to by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I am known as EZGoodnight, and my Twitter, where I am Mr. Bad Example, MR Bad Example. Well, that, folks. That. Oh, 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 what, what? 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 Badal. I, I almost I, I talked over your badal. Was that what you're saying? Well, I was. I, I don't. I don't have to do that. 
Uh, it's, I'm not. I'm not precious about it. <laughs> but it's, it's not. It's not like you stepped on my rock and roll or anything. Right, that, well, that's a, a pardonable offense. Yeah, that that would be bad. With that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank <laughs> you.